<laughs> you can grow your own pineapple. Wow, from, really? From the leafy top. So basically, just give me a second. Time to get inspired and improve your yoga knowledge in English. You're listening to Your Yoga in English, a podcast for yogis and yoga teachers that speak English as their second or third language and want to practice or teach yoga worldwide. I'm Annie, the founder of Inga Unite, and here to guide you on the way to become the confident and knowledgeable English-speaking yogi you want to be. So today we're going to speak about adding plants to your space or adding plants to your living space specifically. Anka has done some research for us. She has um, experimented with adding plants to your space to create more space at home, but also to, to improve your health and well-being. So let's see what she came up with, what her experiences are. Yes! <laughs> How are you? Good, thank you so much. So let's dive in. You did some research. I already introduced the theme. So we're going to speak about adding plants to your living space or your space in general. You did some research. I did a little bit of reading. And I think everyone grows up thinking that we have plants at home because they look nice and they smell nice. Maybe there's a little bit of benefit of like reducing stress or uh, a therapeutic meaning from your research what came out to be a benefit of having plants at home so first of all well i grew up with my my mom is obsessed with plants she has different places of the house and you know she pays attention what plants needs what and where to put it but mm -hmm. to be honest i personally never really grew up knowing the actual benefits of the plants and as you said we all know that we should have plants we just never really are told why exactly. and so personally I still think that one of the best benefit of a plant is like the aesthetics and just the, the fact that you have a living being that you look after it yeah. kind of creates a sense of 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 connection which especially you know now over the pandemic when you're you're locked up alone in your in your house in your room it can really boost your mood just literally having a little living something that depends on you mm -hmm. but undoubtedly one of the like the greatest things to have plants is because they can purify your air mm -hmm. and a lot of research has gone into it actually that they also boost your your mental health they're very good for your mental health they can f help you fight anxiety depression especially really so much more than just having uh, something to water you know exactly exactly that's what i found as well it makes sense when you read or when you hear it but it might not be something that you think of directly like it, it, it lowers like you said the, the chance of depression or even anxiety um dementia i found out not sure if that's true. That's just something I read. I don't want to claim that to be true just like that. Um, do you think having fake plants has the same effect? Well, of course, fake plants can sort of give you the aesthetics. Like it could be very pretty. It could mm -hmm. also... Well, research has also shown that you link green 
scenery so seeing green stuff like green plants it kind of your brain links it to you being in nature mm. so technically in a way even fake plants can give you some benefits of all the good connections you make in your brain it can elevate your mood what fake plants cannot do is is help you with your air let's jump back a little bit so basically we all live in in cities mostly or or you know at least in buildings or confined spaces with usually little airflow so mm -hmm. even if you open the window like at least once or twice a day to let some fresh air in there's mm -hmm. very little airflow and for indoor pollution a lot of chemicals come from like synthetic building materials that your your house was built with or even just chemicals in your own rug mm -hmm. and these kind of things kind of make up 90 percent of indoor air pollution and yeah. these plants the real ones not the flake ones can actually absorb a lot of these toxins that are just floating around so That's fake exactly. plants cannot help you with that no exactly Definitely. that makes sense as well I would figure there's like there's all these different benefits maybe mentally and on a spiritual uh, level but not uh, physically or with the ox I think even the oxygen this is another question I was going to ask you later but now that we're speaking about it anyway mm -hmm. um, I have read that some plants are really good because they provide oxygen some plants are really bad because they take the oxygen do you know mm -hmm. about this? So basically, as a as a general rule, you yeah. know, all plants or most plants give you oxygen because you know how we breathe. We breathe oxygen in and mm -hmm. exhale carbon dioxide. Mm -hmm. Plants pretty much do it the opposite way. Mm. So you know, um, plants get their energy from sunlight. And we all know the word photosynthesis. Basically, that's just the process of how they convert sunlight into energy. And mm -hmm. basically, they breathe in carbon dioxide and convert it into oxygen that they exhale. Mm -hmm. So that's why we know, you know that it's good to have rainforests on the earth because they are the lung of the, of the planet. Just the same way, uh, plants inside your home can also provide oxygen and, and refresh the air. However, when there's no sunlight, you know, during the night, the plants also have to breathe in the way we do. So they emit, they, they give out carbon dioxide instead mm -hmm. of oxygen when there's light. So it was really interesting to read about this because when I was doing my research, one of the biggest concern of people on the internet was whether plants can kill you in your sleep you know like are they gonna take away my oxygen you know it's so it was shocking to see that it was one of the most popular questions everywhere that oh can i die because my plant breeds all my oxygen uh -huh. and you do not have to worry about anything like that so basically even when there's no sunlight and the plants cannot do their regular giving out oxygen taking away carbon dioxide they still only give out so little carbon dioxide that they don't technically compete with you. They are not trying to breathe your oxygen. Even if you have a, a, a couple plants, so like, you know, uh, unless you go super crazy, you don't have to worry about actually competing with your plants. 
Exactly. So they're not going <laughs> to fill the air with carbon dioxide and then you suffocate because you live in the jungle. No, that's not going to happen. I see. They're still willing to share. <laughs> yes. They, and, you know, they are tiny compared to, you know, they, they don't use far as much oxygen as, as you actually do. I see. I see. That makes sense as well. You mentioned plants can't kill you because of the oxygen thing. However, some plants are toxic or poisonous. They kill you. I personally think that unless you're actually trying to die, you're, you're not gonna. So I don't think that from your house plants, you're very likely to. However, they can cause irritation, mostly if you eat it, if you digest it. Basically, some of them are even irritable if you touch it you might get yeah. itchy you might get red but most of the time I would worry about if a plant is toxic or not is because they can a lot of times be toxic to pets mm -hmm. to cats and dogs especially but even to like smaller animals like rabbits so before you buy a plant you definitely need to make sure that it's pet friendly or or if it's not make sure that they cannot reach it because, you know, you're not around all the time and accidents can happen and you wouldn't want to hurt your pet with some plants. Yes, this reminds me, and I told you before, like my mother-in-law told me that these Christmas plants, and I think they are called poisonellas, poison, poison something. The red well, they all know the big red <laughs> flowers. Yeah. The big red flowers, they're everywhere. I think they're originally from Mexico. But she told me that they're very poisonous. And actually, some people, if they get close or if they touch them, they start to vomit. Not straight away. But it can be a bad <laughs> <laughs> Like, vomit straight away. <laughs> Just imagine. But yes, they can be very dangerous. Some people are extra sensitive to these things. So do you know of any plants that could have this effect on people that are poisonous or toxic and we don't know about it because they have become so normal that it's not really a question you ask yourself when you buy them so for example one of the things that kind of shocked me is that the actual flower head of daffodils or tulips mm -hmm. can actually make you quite unpleasant if you eat it if you digest it Mm -hmm. Obviously, I never thought of eating a tulip, but I didn't know that you shouldn't. So This rings a bell. I feel like I've heard people speaking about it. I can't put my finger on it. And daffodils? Daffodils as well. If you eat the actual flower, you will feel very unwell. Like you probably have nausea, vomit, diarrhea, or even, you know, worse. Like very, very unpleasant. Again, I cannot imagine why would anyone want to eat a head of a tulip. But if you feel experimental, please don't, <laughs> for your own sake. Yes, do your research. Make sure that it's okay. Maybe ask an expert. Though, if you drink a cocktail, and especially I've seen this in the UK, they get really creative and they use a lot of plants as well. How can you make sure that you are maybe not allergic to them and that they are really edible? I would go out expect that if a place uses certain um, garnishes like flowers to make it prettier it's always going to have to be up to guidelines so it, it's never going to be anything poisonous so it's not going to kill you the only thing you might have to worry about is if you're maybe a bit more sensitive or allergic to it 
can maybe research it. If if you go and, and get your um, allergens and hay fevers tested, um, I, I went as a kid a lot of times because every time spring hit, uh, my eyes swell up, it was red, you know, all the, the typical mm. hay fever allergy thing. And mm. most places test you for some things that you're likely to come across. So, you know, mm-hmm. either you eat it or maybe on the climate you live in, it's, it's a plant that grows. So they can kind of test you. Basically, they just scratch your skin slightly and then drop uh, the extract of the, of, the, of the plant in question. Mm-hmm. And then after, after some time, they just check how much your skin swells up, basically. Mm-hmm. That just indicates if, you're, if your immune system is having an unhealthy like an overreaction yeah. or not yes and other than t- getting tested like that i suppose you just learn as you go <laughs> you know like if yeah. you come across <laughs> something that makes you itch just make sure you try to avoid it next time then you did a lot of research and i'm really excited for this part <laughs> you did some research about adding plants to your space or your living space in general um and you found out certain plants or flowers even for certain places in the house. So off yes. you go. Tell us All what you found out. <laughs> okay, so I was just trying to find a couple ideas for, for every area because, you know, we're talking about adding plants in general to your living space. So I've, um, I started with um, the bathroom because what I found once a long time ago and I find it really interesting is that if you hang up springs of eucalyptus mm-hmm. or lavender especially eucalyptus in your shower when you take a nice hot steamy shower the steam can just enhance the effect and and get the essential oils released and then you're basically in a nice little eucalyptus or lavender steam and that just helps well helps you in different things so eucalyptus is great for your lungs, it can clear your your airways a lot, it can fight any sort of inflammation inside Mm -hmm. your body. And then lavender obviously is probably the most well-known plant for calming. Even if you're having a nice bath, next to your bath bomb or bubble bath, if you throw in a couple springs of lavender, it's gonna help you calm down and even go into a deeper sleep. Uh, also, there are a lot of plants that extreme humidity. I didn't want to bring you a lot of like lists of plants because you can easily find that. But there are lo- loads of plants that like to actually live in a bathroom because they just love the, the steam that you create with all the showers and baths. And then if we move on to your bedroom, if you think about your bedroom, what you really like is either plants that are air purifying Mm-hmm. or plants that are calming. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give a couple examples of air purifier plants with the living room section. Think about calming plants. So again, lavender. And this time, not just springs of it, but you can actually have a little pot mm-hmm. and just keep it maybe on the windowsill because it needs a lot of sun, but mm-hmm. it doesn't need a lot of water, so it's good for the lazy ones. <laughs> <laughs> So I just wanted to say that the other one, the other plant that's great for calming is mm-hmm. jasmine. Nice. The smell of jasmine is, is associated with but very great calming qualities. 
studies show that this sun is linked to reduced anxiety levels. Mm-hmm. So again, it really can help you with your mental health as well. And it kind of makes sense, all the plans that you're listing and, the, and in the way you would use them, because it's all obviously very aligned or very closely uh, related to the essential oils. They have yes. the same effects. I know I haven't asked you this, and I'm not sure if you have researched this, but I think it's an interesting question. Do you think that essential oils could be a replacement for these plants? Because sometimes these plants are not available because they're not in season, or maybe they don't grow around where you live, or maybe they're very expensive because plants are not always very cheap. Do you think essential oils could be a good substitute or replacement? I wouldn't really say like a full replacement because obviously there are aspects that they cannot cover, but mm-hmm. definitely a very good substitute in, in this way because, look, I live in Scotland in a relatively small flat, so I don't really have the chance to have a lot of plants in my home as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm well aware of the difficulties of actually having and keeping a lot of plants when, when your circumstances just don't allow you to. But essential oils are really great because even if you have, let's say, diffusers and you use essential oils for that, that that can also replace all these aerosols or or the artificial air refresheners that you use. And then you have some plants that can use the air purifier. And Mm. then you also have like a very cost effective, so basically like a very cheap, and a very eco-friendly version of keeping your, your air inside fresh and, you know, living and nurturing. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now, let's continue. We've got the bedroom. The bathroom. So what else? Bathroom, bedroom, and then let's go move into the living room. Yes. So first of all, I think it's really important to keep in mind that plants are pretty. They're not just useful, they actually are pretty. So, you know, why wouldn't you want to use it for decoration as well? For air filtering, uh, again, if you search it, there's there's plenty of options coming out. But I did bring a couple examples. For example, there's snake plants and spider plants, which Mm -hmm. don't sound really nice, but they just kind of look like that. So, you know, snake plants have like very long thin leaves and then spider plants have like very thin long leaves so they kind of look like the legs of a spider and mm-hmm. those two are really really good for filtering air. NASA published uh, quite a lot of articles on air filtering nice. because they kind of want to figure out you know what plants help you with air filtering in places where you don't really get good air. So it's oh, really interesting cool. to to read NASA papers on, on the <laughs> plants, actually. Another one that they said was very, very good with air filtering is peace lily. I'm sure we all know they have, you know, like quite big, shiny, dark green, chunky leaves on the bottom. And then there's usually like one or two long strings and with a beautiful white a lily mm-hmm. in the middle. My grandma and used to have this always. <laughs> my mom had it too, and I didn't know that this plant is very great for increasing humidity actually so like you know if your air is super dry then this plant is amazing and this is one of the best to filter out the most common toxins like carbon monoxide benzene uh, formaldehyde 
ammonia, so all those little toxins that are in the air and you wouldn't want to absorb it yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's been reported to be one of the best ones. There was a study in Norway that was so interesting to me. They actually showed that, you know, having indoor plants increased the humidity of the air and that's good because it can fight or, or help you reduce the chance of dry skin, dry throat, cough, and all mm -hmm. those type of, well, these are more linked to winter, but the plants bringing humidity in your air can really help you with that as well. Is this a specific plant you're speaking about or in general? So that was just a general study made by the Agricultural University in Norway. Mm -hmm. So it was really more okay. just like the indoor plants. As I said, um, lily, the peace lily, is great for increasing humidity. And you know, now that you're saying that this study came from Norway, that makes so much sense because their winters are a lot longer and more intense than maybe in other places. Really interesting. Now, can you ever have enough or maybe too many plants at home? I personally think you can't, but obviously... <laughs> Obviously, there are reasonable limits. I would really want to live in a jungle at home. I wouldn't mind it. Well, there are recommendations of like how many plants you kind of need per how many square feet, depending you know on your size of your home. Mm -hmm. Unless you go extreme, I don't think you can step over any kind of healthy border. Mm -hmm. I think you kind of know yourself as well. You kind of want to have room to sit and to to walk, right? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Yes. Right. Do we want to the very last um, yes. room in the house, right? Go so the it. kitchen. My favorite one, obviously. What do you link to the kitchen and plant herbs? Mm -hmm. So there are a couple herbs that are really easy to grow. Best thing about growing herbs is that you can either have them in little pots or you can just make a, like an herb wall if you don't have too much space and you just have to confine it. Even if you don't want to kind of keep the herbs in the pot, you can regrow most of the herbs from like a good stem cut. You place it in water and then you just keep it alive for a bit longer and then you can genuinely use it for weeks instead of just you know one two meal and then it goes off mm -hmm. linked to that i just brought a couple of little ideas how to keep things fresh or maybe even reuse some of your vegetables stems and stalks to grow some more okay. so first of them as, as i said the herbs are always great if you have some herbs even just just springs if you buy them just put them in a, a little bit of water in like a small glass mm -hmm. And then the other thing that can help with water, I actually started one, but it doesn't look great just yet. So basically yeah. you can regrow some of your vegetable stems from, from really just the, the stalk that you leave after you, you know, eat the most of it. So here I have a little celery. I don't know how much you can see it. I left I it over great. the radiator. So it's a bit dark on the edges, ignore that. But basically if you, Probably you should leave just a tiny bit bigger than what I have. Mm -hmm. And if you just keep the very bottom of it, you just place it in water and re uh, replace your water every day so it has fresh water. But in the middle, as you can see just there, it starts to grow again. Mm -hmm. And it does take a, a long time. But, you know, if you have a couple of stems, why not put aside a few to, to let it grow? And exactly. uh, 
you can regrow things in this way, like lettuce, uh, celery, from the leafy tops, you know, not the bottom, but the leafy tops of carrots or beetroot and beets or parsnips, everything. I've seen tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, so from seeds, you can also regrow things from seeds. Like what strawberries is, what would be the easiest and also, no, two questions. What would be the easiest to grow at home? And the second question, what would be the fastest to grow at home? One of the best ones that show uh, progress quite well, what I found was spring onions. If you leave, let's say, maybe that much and, and you, you know, you can do it with a whole bunch. And then just place it in a, in a glass like that with a bit of fresh water and it grows quite fast actually and quite reliably. So, so you can't really, you know, do it wrong. It, it's gonna grow. It's gonna be a, maybe like a week or two. You know, nature is not as fast as we sometimes would like things to happen, but <laughs> really amazing Thank things you. can happen. Yes, mm -hmm. and you know, like I've brought two bonus ones that are just fun. They take very long time and they can go wrong very easily. They're quite fragile, but you can regrow your avocados. And I'm sure everyone's seen how, you know, you've got toothpicks through the avocado stone and then you just make it sit on top of water and then bam, you've got avocado. Well, I've tried it. Didn't always work for me that way. <laughs> I know other people who made it work, but I found some golden rules. If you watch out for this, you're very likely that it's gonna grow for you. So first of all, when you take out the seed, try not to um, like kind of touch it with the knife. So try not to hurt it in any way. Mm -hmm. So really you're not trying to cut open not even the top layer of it. Mm -hmm. And then you, you carefully wash off all the things from the stone. You don't want any avocado to stay on it. And then basically you put it between damp um, paper towels. Mm -hmm. Make sure it's not soaking, but just damp. And then that you put into a plastic bag. Keep it open. You just need the plastic bag so it kind of keeps the moisture of it so it doesn't go dry. The paper towel doesn't go dry. Yeah. And then basically you have to keep it in like a dark place. It prefers to sprout in a dark place. Mm -hmm. And you just check on it maybe like every three, four days. It does take a long time. And then, you know, there's going to be a little uh, root coming out. And then that's long enough, maybe like three, four centimeters, you can plant it. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to grow out. It's amazing. I have tried as well, but I, I now understand why, where I went wrong because I always put it in sunlight. Yes, I did the same. <laughs> oh, goodness. Really interesting. Okay, I will try that as well. And you said it takes a long time, but a long time as in a month or a long time as in a year? So like it takes maybe like um, a week or two to sprout. If it takes longer for your avocado to sprout, then your avocado is probably not happy and it will never sprout. So just start okay. again. And mm -hmm. then, well, the plant itself, you will probably see a plant within like a month. To be honest, it's very unlikely that you'll ever get an avocado from your own tree okay it might happen but even even in like in the industry i read that they use very different methods making sure that you know the fruit is nice big and basically it's really difficult to get um, 
fruit yielding tree from from the avocado the other one <laughs> you can grow your own pineapple wow from, really from the leafy top so basically just give me a second basically you're gonna need a nice ripe pineapple not a nice british one but like a nice ripe pineapple <laughs> And when it's so ripe that you can just grab this bit and, and literally just pull it off like a little plug, like, you know, it kind of like pops off nicely. And then you have to remove most of the bottom leaves and you'll have that little stem that you're going to have to sit into the water again. So there's like tiny little roots coming off of it. Uh-huh. And when you have a couple centimeters of roots, then you can just plant it, literally grow in a plant, like a plant pot. That's amazing. Do you have to keep it outside or can you do that inside as well? Oh, you can definitely start inside. Uh-huh. But as for most plants, I'm pretty sure that, that direct sunlight would help later on, mm-hmm. especially if you actually ever want to have a pineapple. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to also grow this in the UK or in northern countries? Yes. I'm going to say yes because I remember that my favorite office at my university is a professor who has a pineapple plant in the window and oh, wow. I've been going there for almost five years and I literally saw the plant growing and becoming a more healthy plant so yes That's you can amazing. grow a pineapple even in the UK. So many experiments I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm actually really excited too like I think I'm gonna experiment a little bit what can I actually regrow now. Yeah, yes, <laughs> me too, me too. And you told me about storing play- things in your fridge and storing things in thighs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so um, we all know when, you know, you go do your grocery shopping, get a whole bunch of healthy stuff because, you know, you promised yourself, but then you eat up the things you like first and then you're left with some soggy vegetable. Mm-hmm. Well, to avoid that, there are different ways to like basically prolong the shelf life of your things. So, for example, in the fridge, if your carrots are a bit soggy or, you know, a bit rubbery, you mm-hmm. can keep them immersed in water. They, that's basically the best way to keep them nice and crisp and fresh. Mm-hmm. Or what I also really like, the leafy greens. If your lettuce or even spinach kale is a bit sad, a bit soggy, you just immerse it in water even just before you use it, just for 10 minutes or half an hour. Mm-hmm. It's going to reabsorb some water and it's going to be crispy and fresh again. Nice. So a lot of times with lettuce, I do that because I just don't like it when it's just, you know, almost gooey, rubbery. No, no, no. no. And then the other thing uh, is in your pantry, not in your fridge. So a really great idea is if you have any old tights or even tight socks, but like um, you can put your onions in the tights and it helps them from going like moldy and hairy. And I'm sure we've all seen a loose rogue onion that got stuck behind something and you didn't notice and you, you know how they go bad and uh, this can just just keep it uh, fresh for longer if you put it in mm-hmm. tights instead of its outer shells 
Yes, I find this fascinating. This is one thing I'm definitely going to try. It's really, really interesting. I'm going to see the results. So let's do a little recap then, because we have spoken about quite a few things. We started speaking about adding plants <laughs> to your space and basically adding plants as decoration into or uh, as a use to lower the symptoms <laughs> of anxiety or depression or just prevent yourself. Keeping your calm, basically. And you mentioned in our bedroom, a good thing to use is lavender and jasmine and jasmine or yeah. any of the air purifier uh, plants like a snake plant or even exactly. a peace lily mm-hmm. or bamboo palm all these or even ferns and the bathroom you said um eucalyptus mm-hmm. and then lavender, lavender as well. As well. and in the living room living room anything that looks pretty or anything that cleans the air so you know snake plants spider plant and again uh, peace lily ferns all Mm -hmm. those and then in the kitchen many things a lot lot. so (laughs) herbs grow your own herbs it's amazing you know just the feeling of using your own herbs in the food or just for garnish Mm -hmm. i just always feel so much better than you know dry or, or store-bought. It's just a nice little rewarding feeling. We're going to speak about this even more in the following weeks because, Anka, you'll be back with us in two weeks from now and we're going to speak about... Juicing. Juicing. I'm really excited about this too because you, did, again, did a little experiment. You're, are you still juicing today? No, no. We're back oh. to solid food after five or six days. On the sixth day, I had a smoothie. We break, we broke our, our, our fast. So mm-hmm. yes, it was super interesting, and I'm really, really excited to, to come and and, and to tell you a lot about it because I started researching it, and there's a lot of questions, a lot of controversy. So I'm, really excited and very prepared. Yes, yeah, amazing. I'm I'm really excited as well. I really want to know everything about it. I used to detox a lot, which is not exactly the same. But I feel like there is some correspondence. I really want to know everything about your experience. And by the end of the month, which is actually the 1st of April, but still belongs to the theme of this month, we're going to speak about adding plants to your diet again. Today was plants to your living space and also in the kitchen. But at the end of the month will be your diet. Also very exciting. Yes. (laughs) And i just like to say that if anyone's got any questions, just message us, either of us. Um, even if we don't know something, we'll try and do some research and get back to you. <laughs> if you have any questions, just reach out. We're happy to help you. Thank you so much for having me again, Annie. Thank you, Anka. Really, it's amazing. I really like all the things that you shared with us and taking the time to do your research. Amazing. Thank you so much see you later you listen to your yoga in english brought to you by enga unite a unique online learning platform for non-native english speaking yogis and yoga teachers if you feel inspired and liked what you learned today don't forget to subscribe leave us a review and follow us at enga unite and become a member of our online community your yoga in english on facebook Practice, rest, repeat, and all will come.